0: When you start getting into other types other than strict straight residential, you can have some other things that allow commercial down below and you can have other land uses that are possible. Very important to understand its income potential and that is going to come into your perception of price and what you're willing to pay for it too, especially if you're after a certain rental yield. If a property's under offer, you can also potentially call the agent, ask them what it sold for, what it went for, can he give you an idea. Welcome to Perth Property Insight where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management, sales and buyers agency servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here's your host, Jared Mann. Now, let's jump straight into how to price a property accurately. Over the last 15 years, I've sold hundreds and hundreds of homes across 200 plus suburbs of Perth, everything from low price units up to multi-million dollar mansions. So I do happen to know a thing or two about how to price a property. And it's part art, which is where a lot of people, a lot of buyers fall down, and it's part science. And if you just look at the facts and figures on a page and in the data, you can leave a lot of that nuanced neonst- art out of things that really come to influence the price and change the desirability of a property which of course is going to flow through to affecting its sale price and its rental price. So let's break down the nine key factors that you really need to consider and I've started out with the most important one first being the location. It said that the location does 80% of the heavy lifting when it comes to capital growth and I'd have to agree with that it's such a crucial factor and it's why you hear people say location 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 a number of tv shows have been named after that Um, and it's really crucial in determining the market price so you'd bring up street view if you're remote you'd look around the area you'd see what sort of um, neighbors are like what's the streetscape like what um, other amenities are around you'd most importantly look at the schools where what their rankings are for both the primary school and the high school and those schools especially are going to add a lot of you know going to contribute a lot to how desirable it is for a family to live there anyone with kids would know just how important public schools are and that is a big part of the consideration when looking to buy or rent in the area. Now, some of the secondary considerations with location is what's the transport like? Is it in a desirable neighbourhood, a desirable part of that suburb? If you're, if you get into the the data, you can see where some price points are higher, where the price records have been fetched, and there can be some undesirable parts to areas like a water treatment plant or, uh, you know, different un- other factors like power lines or you know, other things that bring down an area. So worth digging deep into the data, but also chatting with local agents. And I regularly speak to locals when I'm listing a property just to get their take on things if it's not clear. And that's a great way to get both some of that the science of what the data says and art of what firsthand knowledge is going to be. So The school catchment can significantly impact the value if you look for a top school and you're going to be looking for a lot of demand over time and the neighbours either side. I mean it's just so important. Imagine coming to resell or re-rent the property, respective buyer or tenant pulls up, they look next door, they see a Holmes West house. They don't know it's a Holmes West but you can tell from the street that it's not looking good and I shouldn't paint them all with the same brush, it's just more prone to have issues occur next to state housing. There's many state housing occupants that would be doing a wonderful job. But when you pull up, that first impression of how your neighbours are is critical. Now, as a sales agent, I've been out in the front pulling weeds and tidying up rubbish on neighbouring houses and uh, getting our contractors to mow their lawns and doing all kinds of things just to have them show better for the sale. Why? Because that first impression is so important you don't want to see prospective tenants and buyers arrive and pull up out the front and then just, you know, keep going, drive off down the street because of that impression. We want to get them to come inside and, you know, really want to see what's what's on the inside of things. Now, our next key factor is a property size and layout. So, it's not just purely about its size. The layout has to be versatile and user-friendly as well. The size and the uh, of the property, you know, really comes down to the type of property as, as well as to how it's laid out. So, a larger property like a 4x2, you generally want it to have two good-sized living areas and good-sized bedrooms. Otherwise, a larger family is not going to want to live there and it's going to limit the market to more just couples or a uh, couple with. A newborn baby. As soon as they get one child that's a bit older, get a second child. They're not. They're gonna. It's almost going to be limiting the price that people will pay because a larger family will pay more for the extra space, if the property has it. And it. You know, when you're comparing your data, you can look at square meterage of the internal living area. You can look at the size of the overall land. You can look at how that land's laid out is. The space for kids to run around all out the front on a busier road that's not fenced, then it's kind of wasted. If it's out the back and the location's quiet and they're in a cul-de-sac, getting back to location on the first point we just spoke above, all of that's going to be a lot more desirable if there's a nice private enclosed yard for the kids to run around in. This layout is also important, not just because a property may have two bathrooms, but Is one an en suite or are they both off of a hallway worth checking? Because that's really going to upset people. You know, how the bedroom's laid out in comparison to the master bedroom. Are they all together? Or a lot of people prefer the master and the secondary rooms to be separate. So you can put the kids to bed at night, hopefully close the hallway door, and you can still watch TV and have your own time out in the other rooms. That's why having two good-sized living areas on a on a 4 by 2 is important as well so that the family could spread out at each end of the house, have two TV programs running at night and uh, keep everyone happy that way. And when we're dealing with a, a 3 by 2 it's good if the it's got two living areas still but not essential and if one of the living areas, if it's just got the one, it's good if it's a good size And and we want to look to is it open plan, which a lot of people prefer. Open plan to the kitchen means that there's no dividing walls. It's not boxed in. The meals, family, and kitchen are all one, and it's just one large open area. That's preferred over having boxed in rooms with meals separate and boxed off. And, you know, it's a lot more feeling of space with the open plan, and people can all be together, eating, watching TV often, and entertaining can all be done in the one space. So that's your property size and your layout. Now the third key point is the property condition and presentation. So this is a bit more of a no-brainer and you let your eyes and your emotions pick up on this. So is the property in good condition? We've all seen the amazing photos online haven't we and we think oh wow this is you know a really great property. You go along and the actual condition underneath of how it is in person leaves a lot to be desired and I try and work with our sellers and get this presentation and condition as good as possible. And it can be a lot of simple things that all add up to affect how a buyer will feel about the property. And that's why we want to do a lot of these things. And of course, if they're only small things and you're the buyer, then you can look past them. You know, allow for changing of the carpets or the floor coverings. Allow for new blinds if it needs them. Um, but do look through to how the condition of these things are, because a lot of people you know just take a quick look and forget that about the costs that will all add up if these things aren't in place. you know is the the how's the paint work around you know um, I made the mistake when we bought our family home was, you know, assuming that it was all in great condition when the furniture got moved out, when everything was vacant. oh, I had to get most of the house repainted. So that was a bit of a shock, and, and I do this all day long. You know, I, I'm not immune to my emotions coming up when I'm in the buying situation as well and affecting what I see. So we also want to look through to, uh, is the decor neutral and widely appealing? We don't want any polarizing colors. No terracottas, no blues, no pinks, ideally. You know, it's going to affect... How many tenants or how many buyers are going to be interested in that house? And in the market at the moment, of course, people will sacrifice these things and you you know, you tend to compromise on them. When the market's quieter, people will be a lot more picky on a lot of these things. So we also find that when things are neutral, more appealing, we can command higher prices for rent. We're going to get more people competing for it. Next one to consider as a key factor is what's the market trends like in that suburb? So why do this? Because it really helps to understand what's the current situation there. What level of um, stock is on the market? Is it really tight? Is the days on market really tight? Is stuff selling really quickly? And if it is, and there's very little on, if you can't find any very little comparisons it tells me that you're going to have to project forward ahead in price more so than what the recent data has been. You're going to need to allow that the market has already moved further ahead. And if you keep offering the prices of what stuff has sold for two months ago, in a market that's so tight with very low selling, average selling days and very little stock, you're going to keep missing out on properties. And that's a really key thing to consider when pricing. You've got to extrapolate forward a bit or you're going to be off in your price. And likewise, if the market there in, you know, even in this market when you look at apartments, the average selling days is going to be a lot longer. It's going to be a lot more stock on the market. So, you've got to be a lot more conservative and, you know, you'd really be not extrapolating forward at all. You'd be just looking at the most recent data and you'd be really scrutinistic on you know did that one have some extras that yours doesn't that you're comparing to you and there's really no room for error when you're in a in a softer market so really key point there number four so let's go into number five nine keys is your age and construction quality so this kind of sits in the background and will impact the condition and presentation but people will modernize and renovate over time but you really also need to look through to what is the property made out of a lot of east coast investors don't appreciate that a property here that's double brick with internal brick walls as well and tile roof is always going to have a premium over a brick veneer or a weatherboard, or a asbestos-type uh, house with a, a, a flat roof. Those types of uh, inferior construction might be more acceptable over east, but here we prefer double brick and tile, or double brick with colour bond if it's a more, you know, newer house. So that age of construction is really important. Of course, we're going with what is typical for the area. If you're looking in an area where the older properties are more the norm and that uh, they have the wooden floors and they, they have you know open carports instead of garages and that's okay because that's the norm. But you've got to look for what the norm is in that suburb in that area. You can also look through to obviously a newer property is going to have more depreciation that you can claim, slight benefit there, likely to have less maintenance and other things come up over time. Um. Look through to what's the quality of materials used. What and you know have all the light fittings been changed out around? And you know does it have stone bench tops? And does it you know have good tapware? And you know have all these little upgrades been done? That's really going to give you a feel for a you know how durable these things might be, and B. You know what sort of you know how that's going to impact someone's desire when renting and selling it down in the future so age and construction quality number six property features now some of these have been spoken a little bit about maybe in some of the others but what we're looking for here is the desirable things that make a property stick out does it have a pull we're going to be very popular with families not always great as a rental but I definitely consider one if it's on a family home what is the garden and landscaping like you know is that a real you know feature is it really appealing does it have an outdoor entertaining area al fresco that's really important because it extends the usability in the living area and you know how much someone can use a place does it have a butler's pantry very popular in more modern more recent your places people love having all of their appliances and you know pantry tucked away often you can have an extra sink in there you got extra power points extra cupboards you can put your coffee machine and thing in there really desirable does it have high ceilings throughout so here 28 course bricks is standard if it's at 31 or 32 33 34 that's really going to be a lot greater give you a sense of openness a sense of um how expansive that living area is it's gonna be a lot more appealing and then i mentioned earlier about whether that it's open plan or not in the layout but again that's gonna come into uh, being a feature here does it have a theater room and is it just a standard room or is it got recessed ceilings and feature lighting and you know other things in there and finally i did mention um whether it's got a carport or a garage. People love a garage so they can keep their cars secure. But look at what is normal for the area. And that will, if everyone goes, you drive around and you see every house with a the carport. Then it, that's going to be okay. But it's great to have the garage if possible. Next one. And I by no means covered every single property feature there. But it's going to that at least gives you a taste for those extra things that a, a property can have. That are going to mean that it's worth more. Now, number seven, zoning and land use. This is one that uh, I see a lot of East Coast investors not understanding and certainly not appreciating when it comes to assessing a property's value. So property zoning really determines what can and can't be done on the property. That you know if it's got a higher density coding to it, you know, R30, R40, it's gonna enable the property to potentially be redeveloped. And then you can look into the R codes, see what the minimum and average land sizes are required, see if the house can be retained, see if it's got that development potential. Many properties will have it and they're not being advertised as having it. Even if the house has got a lot of value in it and would have to be demolished in order to develop it, it's really nice to have that as a bonus option for down the track. In 10, 20, 30 years down the track maybe worth doing. And especially if it's in a higher density code now, that density may increase and and, in, and change over time. So that could allow you future potential for even greater development. Don't count on it, of course, but where a property's got a higher density, it may give that potential for more down the track. And when you start getting into other types other than stri- straight residential, you can have some other things that allow commercial down below, and you can have um, other land uses that are possible, and you know all of that's going to go into influencing the market price for a property, and definitely needs to be understood whether any of those extra potentials exist, and then don't go paying for them unless you understand what can and can't exactly be done, and best to involve you know a subdivision expert or town planner or or builder in that assessment. Number eight. What's the property's income potential? Now, when I'm looking at this, we want to see what it's going to rent for and how widely appealing is it going to be for tenants. And we really want to look through to, you know, what's the underlying vacancy rate in the suburb. Of course, at the moment, don't have to worry about that. Got half a percent vacancy in Perth when, you know, anything under 3% is going to mean that prices will be getting uh, pushed up. So, you'd have to worry now if if you're looking anywhere in Perth and and the vacancy rates, you know, 3% or higher, I'm not aware of anywhere being like that, but as the market does start to change, this is going to be more important, keeping an eye on, you know, how tight and hard it'll be to find tenants. Look at how many others are for rent. If you're buying an apartment, you're looking in a complex, how many others are for rent in the complex at the moment? Is this going to be potentially harder to find a tenant down the track when things soften? So very important to understand its income potential and that is going to come into your perception of price and what you're willing to pay for it too especially if you're after a certain rental yield you're trying to get at least five percent or five and a half percent or six percent and that's going to be important to working back and determining what you're prepared to pay for a property as well. Now our final one is looking at the comparable sales and comparable on market. I'm kind of group these two together. So comparable sales, you can also call them comps. It's an essential part of pricing the property. We take into account all of these other factors above, and we not only look at the data, but you go through, you look at all the photos, you look at the locations of the others, you look at their street views. You I sometimes need to cross-check the living area size, might say a certain amount, if you can get the floor plan up or if you can get the aerial view up and work out, you know, is this really that big or have they done an extension that meant that someone got, you know, much more for the property than than you'd think by just the living area size shown. You can get a feel for the layouts when you scan through the photos. Where are those extra features? You know, is there the, the gazebo, the entertaining area out there? Does that not have one? You know, how is the landscaping? How's the condition? How's the presentation? All those things just work into your mind. That's how you can really get a feel for a property's price. And you use all those factors above to look at the comparables. And then it's also important in this market to look at the comparables on market. And if a property's under offer, you can also. Potentially call the agent, ask them what it sold for, what it went for. Can he give you an idea? And that's really good to get a couple of key uh, feedback points because when the market's moving so fast, those that are under offer can really guide us as to prices and help with your extrapolating forward on the properties that have recently sold that take six to eight weeks to settle and are, are, are in the rear view mirror. So look, I hope that's all going to help. Nine key factors there to consider when pricing a property we've obviously danced over these and um, of course if you're not wanting to get into all this complexity it it is really important but consider getting in touch and chatting to us about our buyer's agency service we can certainly make all that easy and make these price assessments for you make sure you don't pay too much but also that you're competitive with the prices that you're offering and uh, getting a lot of feedback from the other agent that's listing it as well as the other agents in the suburbs very key to adding to that mix and we do it both when selling and uh, buying as a buyer's agent too. So it's really important to put all of that together in a mixing bowl. If you leave any of these parts out, you can be way out in the price that you come up with. So hopefully that's been of help. If it has, would love you to post a review or share it with a friend. I look forward to catching you on the next one. See ya. Just a reminder, the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature. As we don't know your specific situation, you should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburb of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorshedge.com. Dot com dot au slash join and finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth property investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions, and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group.